Um, Marcus and I were, he was working on his, his testimony that he's going to share in a little while uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago. And uh, we just sat down in front of the, the computer, sitting on our bed, my bed. Um, he's sitting there with me. And then my phone rings and it's, it's my friend, Jeff Gowdy, who's coming to speak here in a couple of weeks when I'm on vacation. And um, so I just, I, I let Marcus do his, his writing and I, I pick up the phone. I'm talking to Jeff. And when, when I'm done, Marcus has got most of this thing drafted and, and ready to go. And so I'm, I'm reading through it with him. And he says at the very bottom, he, he'd been typing on his own and this was Google Docs and uh, autocorrect was in its usual um, state. And uh, <laughs> at the very bottom, it says, uh, what baptism means to me is vomiting myself to Jesus. <laughs> not, not committing, vomiting myself to Jesus. I'm like, go autocorrect. This is like a, a Jonah moment, I think, for, for my son Marcus. And there's something really apt about that, actually, this whole Jonah thing that, uh, you know, in some ways, what, what we are doing in, <laughs> in, in baptism, what we are doing is laying ourselves down. And sometimes it's not pretty right? We, we give God all of us. That's what baptism is. God gets all of us. We, we lay down all of the garbage. We, we lay down everything. It, it's the, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this? Yes, it's a wedding, but it's also a funeral. And it, it's really apt that this thing here looks like a coffin, right? He's not going to stay in the coffin but you go down into it. There, there's something that, that's grim and vomit-like and, and dirty and, and um, you, you drop the old, you drop the bad, you, you drop the old life. And when you, you come up out of the water, it's life in Christ now. That, that's what baptism is all about. It, it's vomiting ourselves to Jesus. It's committing ourselves to Jesus. That's why it's a wedding, right? It's the wedding because it's commitment, but it's a commitment that can only be made as we die. As we die to ourselves, that's the image here, going down into the grave and being raised, not with our life, but now it's his life. That's the point of this. And so we're going to go to an interesting scripture um, where you're going to see this in action in, in an interesting way about the, the life that comes as a result of dying to self. Would you go with me to Acts chapter 9? Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 10. Now, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. So what's happened here is that Paul, the Apostle Paul, has just met Jesus on the road and he's been blinded, fell off. His, he fell to the ground, whether he fell off his horse or whatever, he fell, is blinded by light and now has, has met Jesus on the road, but has, has had his life just turned upside down and he's now blind and he's had to be led into the city and he's waiting. Verse 10. Now, there was a disciple in that city in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up, go to the street called Straight. That was its name, Straight Street. 
And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to all of your people in Jerusalem. And he's come here, he has authority uh, from the chief priests to, to throw in prison all those who call on your name, all those who are following you, Jesus. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is my instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name, bring my message to the Gentiles, to the kings, to the high and the low, and, and to the people of Israel, to my very people. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and he entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, this is key, brother Saul, we're part of the family of God, right? He says to him, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We sang the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. And we're gonna sing it again in a minute once Ralph is baptized. Paul met Jesus on the road, right? And yet he still needed his eyes opened. I think there are some of us here who have met Jesus and still need our eyes opened. Paul met Jesus and his eyes were opened and then he was baptized. There's something that needs to happen where we meet Jesus He touches us. He opens our eyes to the reality of who he is, the reality of the the way that he has made the world and what he is currently doing in it that requires an all-in baptism-level commitment. And you're not all-in until you've been baptized. Scripture is just absolutely clear about that. You are not all-in For Jesus, you have not made the wedding vow until you've been in this tank or that river. That that is the level of commitment and the, the declaration of your commitment that Jesus requires from us. We're not all in till we die to ourselves. And when we die to ourselves and say, it's all you, Jesus, I push all of the chips into the middle of the table, I am all in. And you make that wedding vow then that funeral level commitment, that's following Jesus. And what happens to Paul as he does that is he is filled with the spirit and his eyes are open and he gets baptized all in one package. May that be the same for us as well. That is my prayer for Ralph and for Ellie and for Marcus that, that, and for us that as we hear their stories of, what Je- of how Jesus met them on the road, that our eyes would be opened as well. That we would not only remember, but then recommit ourselves to Jesus once again. Yes, Jesus, I died to myself in that tank in grade seven. 
and I have loved you ever since. Yes, Jesus, I met you at that river. You changed me. And if that hasn't happened for you yet, today's your day. You're going to hear three people that share with you about how Jesus has met them. So let's share those stories. Let's share the stories of how Jesus continues to meet people on the road. Jesus continues to fill them with the spirit. Jesus continues to open eyes because he's doing it here and now. Not just here, here. Ralph, would you come up and share your story again with us? It was our privilege to hear Ralph share his story uh, a number of weeks ago. It was back at East, on Easter Sunday. Ralph's going to share more of an abbreviated version of that. But you, you share what you need to share with us, brother. We, it is our privilege to have you join us here again this morning. Let's just, we test this mic. Are we good to go, Marco? Are we good? Perfect. Over the course of my life, I just got more cynical, more bitter, more resentment, and I didn't even realize it. And I didn't even have a relationship really with my wife or my family. I just went to my garage every day, worked my garage, and that was it. Then here a few months ago, my sister, Sheldina, asked me to join uh, her alpha group. And my immediate reaction was, no, I want nothing to do with Jesus or anything else. And then I thought about it, and yeah, this is my sister, so yeah, I'll, I'll join, Sheldina. So after a few days, or after a few sessions, rather, I started getting thoughts in my head. I'd be in the garage, and I'd be arguing with somebody. I didn't even know who it was. And uh, then we watched at the end, towards the end of the, Alpha Group, we watched three videos called the Holy Spirit videos, and they really, really touched me. And I could hear God talking, and then I could hear God talking and Jesus talking in my heart. So one day, Joyce or Shalina and I were, were talking on FaceTime. We were FaceTiming, and she asked me, she said, uh, can I pray for you? And asked Jesus into your heart. And I said, yes. So Sheldina did. She asked Jesus to come into my heart and my life. And then when she was done, she asked me, she said, Ralph, how do you feel? And I said, well, eh, a little emotional, a little teary-eyed, but other than that, fine. And that was it. The next morning, though, I went downstairs to my computer. And I got on my computer and I went to my Bible in one year devotion, daily devotion, and I read it. And then I went to get onto my financial portfolio page to watch the markets and see what was going on. And it wouldn't open. And I'd just been on the Bible for one page, in one, one year page. I tried three times and I couldn't get, couldn't, couldn't get onto my financial portfolio page. And I realized that God was talking to me. And I remember wondering, now what do I do? 
And then I remembered that Sheldina had sent me an email with links to it, but she called her Jesus time. So I found the email, and I opened up the first link, and it was from a pastor, Rick Warren, and a podcast. And in that podcast, he quoted a verse, and it was Isaiah 29, verse 13. And it says, God says, these people say they are mine, but they honor me only with their lips. Their hearts are far away from me. And their worship of me amounts to nothing more than human traditions that they have memorized and say by rote. And Pastor Rick went on to explain that, you know, God wants you to talk to him with your heart, not your lips, and not somebody else's. And right then, I realized that God had spoken to me in such a way that even I could understand. And I understood that Jesus was now in my heart. And when I realized that, I remember I started getting tears in my eyes. My lips were trembling. My whole body, my inner body was trembling. It was like a, this huge weight come off my soul. And I had such a feeling of joy in my whole being. Now, I know a lot of my family members have already heard me say this. Everybody looks different to me. I see smiles where before it was just a facial expression. I hear laughter where before it was just noise. And then now I want to get baptized in obedience to God and to declare my faith in my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And then in my own way to share with Jesus my death and resurrection with him as I emerge from the water as a new man set free from all my sin. It's been quite a journey walking with Jesus. It has its ups and its downs. But every time I stumble, he picks me up, straightens me out. Away we go. It's... <laughs> It's been one of those um, real gifts of being a pastor to, to have regular conversations of this kind with Ralph in, in the last number of months. Um, since those early days of the Alpha Group, you know, he showed up here on Sunday when we shared, when we had just person after person after person share testimonies up here of the work that God had been doing in their lives. And he comes up to me afterwards and he's like, I, I need that and God's doing it in my life and I have a story and, and we've been getting together every week or two since then. And it's been really encouraging because it's like, it's one of those reminders of how, how real God is when he changes a life. In fact, I, I've had some of you come up to me who knew Ralph 25 years ago and said, that's a changed man. I remember Ralph 25 years ago when we did that, this or that project around the church and I haven't seen him since then. God's real. He did something here. 
Guys, I'm telling you, Jesus is real. He's been doing something here and I've been able to see it from the inside, but you've gotten perspectives on that as you have heard his story, as you have seen it here in the last number of weeks and months. Ralph, you've really blessed us. So, so thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your example of obedience that I, I love Jesus. I will do whatever it is that he says I need to do. Um, I love the way that you also share your story and it, your, your interactive relationship with God is, is inspiring and encouraging that he is speaking to you. He's speaking to you from his word. He's speaking to you as your computer doesn't load properly. And you go, there's gotta be something more here than a bad page. He's speaking to you as you're, you're having arguments with him in your garage. I love that. Feel free to argue with God, friends. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Thank you, Ralph. God is great all the time. Let's get you in this tank. It's a good temperature. Wonderful. Better than the river? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going there. <laughs> Would you mind dealing for me, please? You love Jesus? Yes, I do. You're going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. Is he Lord? Yes. And because he is your Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There. Can I get a, a couple of people, Sandra, Roy, anyone else who wants to just come up? You can keep kneeling. It's more comfortable in there if you want. Let's just, let's bless Ralph. Just pray for him. Normal everyday life. This is pray that you would just take him from this day as he's going down now, step by step. Guide him into a fuller life. He would be contagious. His joy would be contagious to everybody. He would use his name. Ralph, my prayer for you is twofold. One, first of all, it comes from Jesus' experience in Luke 3, where when he is baptized, the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. And from there, the Spirit leads him out into the wilderness. And life gets harder for him for a while as that commitment to the Lord is tested. But he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, Luke 4 says. So Ralph, would you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Lord, would you, would you so bless Ralph with the life of Christ and the filling of the Spirit and your daily guidance moment by moment in his life that as things get harder and as things get easier, 
he recognizes that Jesus is always with him. And Lord, I I claim those scriptures that we read this morning and that song that Ralph picked and the way they fit together. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. We're gonna sing that now, Lord. That's my prayer over him, that you would continue to open the eyes of his heart, that every day he would see and hear Jesus, that you, Lord, would be more and more real to him, continuing your ongoing work of making new the, the life of Christ new and available and living through him because of the work that you are doing and his commitment to you. Would you seal this, Lord? Would you bless him in every way? Would you continue to use him. I thank you for the ways that he has shared his story and how time after time we have sat around a table together and he's shared another story about meeting someone he hasn't met in a while and saying, Jesus is now in my life. Would you anoint him with the Holy Spirit and with power so that he goes about continuing to share that good news of the work you are doing. May his testimony be multiplied to his circles in this church and beyond because you do good work. Continue to do good work in his life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Next person who's going to share a story is Ellie Deandrad. We're going to be baptizing her at the river, but we want to share this story here now. So Ellie, would you come on up for us, please? Welcome. Hello, Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Ellie and I'm 13 years old and I've been coming to this church for my whole life. Um, I came to Jesus in March 2014 when I was six years old and I was reading the storybook Bible with my mom. Uh, This is what I read. Jesus was showing people that God would always love them with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So they didn't need to hide anymore or be afraid or ashamed. They could stop running away from God and they could could run to him instead as a little child runs into her daddy's arms. I asked my mom how I could have Jesus forever love. And my mom prayed with me asking Jesus into my life and to rescue me from sin. Afterwards, my parents, knowing I have a sweet tooth, treated me to donuts. Surprisingly, I can't remember that occasion, especially since it included food. Uh, Jesus has always been with me, and I never remember a time when he was never with me in my life. I can never remember when I didn't know God was with me and by my side. The quote, the God of angel armies is always by my side, is from my go-to song, Whom Shall I Fear, by Chris Tomlin. It has reminded me of who I can lean against in troubled times, and it shows me God's friendship, him as a protector, and who I can trust to show me the light. As I grew older, though, God kind of faded into the background of my life. He was there, but like a shadow. Then I remember Kate got baptized. When she got baptized, her decision affected me more than anyone might know. When, Kate got, when she got baptized, I was tremendously moved. Why? Because God was starting to nudge me. 
I remember being a young girl completely captivated by a teenager making her love for Jesus known. After that, I started feeling little nudges and hearing faint whispers from Jesus. They slowly got louder. I started to see, I started to see Jesus' presence when I played my violin. As you know, I started playing with band in worship a couple months ago. I then started to see godly moves, miracles, and events. Marcus was hearing from God. People in church were being healed. Noah Kadu shared a moving testimony. Through all of this, God was speaking to me, trying to grab my attention. God really caught my attention when Pastor Ben gave a sermon about baptism in May. He was telling us that it was both a wedding and a funeral, that in order to accept a new life, we need to get rid of an old one. That if we want to show that we are committed to Jesus, that we need to show that. That really connected with me. I know God was speaking to me. In fact, I heard, I felt, I saw, and I sensed a command that I need to get baptized if I am committed to him. Well, mom and dad were happy to hear that when I told them what I heard Jesus say. And Pastor Ben said, awesome, after I texted him. They were overjoyed. I was asked by both of them to keep listening as well. After that Sunday, I listened and I heard and saw water. When we do family devotions together at the supper table, uh, we would practice listening prayer. And during listening prayer, I would often see ocean waves, rivers churning, rain pattering, waterfalls, creeks trickling through woods. It's all connected to how Jesus was speaking to me. And now we're here. I am glad to be able to have this relationship with my God. Wow. You want to just give an applause here and say, yay, God? never good with words as it is, but I actually forgot what I was going to say. Um, thank you for sharing that story, Ellie. I, I'm checking my text messages. Um, May 15th. If you know Kristen at all, I'm guessing she gets this from her mom, but you'll have to verify that today. She texts in perfect punctuation and grammar. Um, May 15th, hi, Pastor Ben, colon, quote, I was listening to your sermon today and I heard Jesus say, quotation marks, go get baptized, end of quotation marks, on June 19th. Can we talk soon? From Ellie, from mom's phone. Our kids are hearing the voice of God, my friends. They're hearing it in someone else's testimony, in someone else's baptism. They're hearing it as they pray downstairs. You want to know what the fruit of listening prayer is? The fruit of listening prayer is a trip down to the river. Okay? This is a God who continues to speak to us. She picked the God of angel armies, that song, 
because he's always by her side. I asked Ellie, um, when, do you, when do you sense God most closely with you? And she says, when I'm playing my violin, I know he's right there. I can feel him. She's sharing about the, the ways that he's speaking to her, and sometimes it's words, and sometimes it's pictures, but it's a friendship. We're going to sing that song for you, Ellie, and we're looking forward to being down at the river there with you very soon. Thanks for sharing. I'm like, Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Marcus, do you want to come up? Um, this is my son, Marcus. I started teaching my kids how to listen to God. He's going to share about that a little bit. It changed my life. Um, I started teaching my kids how to listen to God. And you know how I knew they were hearing from God? One of the first times I taught them how to listen, we, we'd read our scriptures, we'd done our prayer, and Marcus and Silas and I were, were sitting, just listening, and I said, you know, did you hear anything? And Marcus says, I hear God saying, I'm coming on a white horse with an army of angels to lock a dragon in a pit. And my, you should have seen how wide my eyes went because that's Revelation 19. And we had been reading the Old Testament that day. I knew something was happening. It became one of the most fun thing parts of my day to sit with my boys and watch them learn to listen to God and speak as he was speaking to them. I, I, I didn't even have categories for this. I had to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing here? What? I've never heard or seen anything like that. He said to me, Jeremiah 1. I went back and read Jeremiah 1. And I had my dad put it on a wood burning. This is in Marcus's and Silas's room. Jeremiah 1 says, but the Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere that I send you. You must say everything that I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of anyone because I am with you. I will protect you, says the Lord. If you read more of that passage, it says, I have put my words in your mouth. Marcus is going to share in his own words what God's been doing in his life. God hijacked me in my bedroom. I was <laughs> sleeping and it was around nine o'clock. I heard a voice calling my name and I screamed and hid under the covers. I thought back to the story of Samuel and said, speak Lord for your servant is listening. He told my, me to pray for my dad's back. A few weeks later, dad started teaching me and Silas that we could hear God's voice. Dad told me it might sound like a little whisper, a picture, or a feeling. That didn't make sense because I thought back to hearing him in my bed, but it took me a few months to tell him what I'd heard. I wasn't sure if he'd believe me, but sure enough, he did. 
Later, God reminded me of a dream he'd given me that showed I would be a healer. After I told my dad what I'd heard, I started hearing God more often. God told us to pray for my dad's back again, and after a few months, it was like new. I started seeing pictures and slowly transferred to hearing his voice in different ways. After a while, I started having conversations with him, and I would translate for my dad once in a while. It's like I'm talking to God on the phone, and I share with my dad what I he I'm hearing God say. Two or three months after I told my dad, I started seeing different spiritual things, like angels, sometimes with my eyes, sometimes with my mind's eye. He showed me the book called The Veil, written by someone who has the same gift, so we read the series. After that, I started seeing things more with my eyes. Not all the time, but once in a while, I might be surprised by seeing an angel walk past me now. God now talks to us both and shares things with us. He might just share a joke with us or tell us to pray for someone. We will now pray for each other if something is hurting, and 95% of the time we're healed within a day or so. I can now see and hear God all the time, though all of this is still growing and there is more to come. To me, Jesus is the God of friendship and the God of big things, but he's also the God of the ordinary. He walks beside us and will never leave us. I see him beside me all the time. He loves to talk. He will regularly now speak audibly to, get to me to get my attention if it's important, rephrase a math question on a math test for me to understand, or tell me his opinion on things. It's quite hard to imagine what life would be like without him. When I asked him about baptism, and if I should do it, when my dad mentioned it, he said, I hijacked you, didn't, uh, didn't I? I chose you. You don't have much of a choice. But he said it with a smile and a laugh. To me, baptism means committing myself to Jesus, letting him take control of my life. I don't know what to say. Um, thank you for sharing your story with us, Marcus. Thanks for the times that you've been up here encouraging us. Um, there have been a lot of people who have encouraged me in the last year or two, um, but very few come anywhere close to uh, the way that Marcus and Silas have encouraged me in the last year as they have listened to God and it's been changing things. Um, Marcus picked a song um, that we're going to play over YouTube now. Um, it's a song about going after God. Uh, what's interesting about Marcus's story is that he says, God hijacked me. Um, there's been a both and as I've watched Marcus's story. There's been very much a God did something. And then I've watched Marcus and Silas respond. And, and draw closer to God as well. And so th this song has sort of those two parts together. So we're going to play it um, and then conclude our service. A couple of months ago when we, what was it, back in September, when we baptized Noah at the river, Noah shared that he was getting baptized because he was going to YWAM and he was going to help other people be discipled. And he recognized he hadn't yet taken that step of discipleship. It was a very important moment for, 
for him. And I've heard him admit that YWAM probably wouldn't have been the experience it had been had he not taken that step. Um, and he doesn't regret it at all, <laughs> as I know very well. Um, there's going to be an opportunity for more of you to take this step today as we go to the river. So if God's speaking to you about that, if, if this morning what's been happening as you've been hearing the story of one person's eyes being opened is that your eyes are being opened to, ah, oh, Jesus is real. I need to do this. You're going to have that opportunity. We're now going to sing about going down to the river. Joel picked that song very intentionally. We're going to worship, and then we're going to, I'll come back and up and give you some instructions on how to get to the river if you don't know where to go. And we are going to see at least two get baptized in the river. So come on up, Joel and um, Roy, and we're going to continue in worship. Thanks, Marcus. Jesus is doing something here, friends. May your eyes be opened to it this morning. Come join us at the river and continue to see the work that God is doing and ask him if he's inviting you into it and what you need to do to respond. The river, if you don't know where we're going, we are going to the boat launch off of 56th Street. So the north end of 56th Street, the north end of the river. Okay, you follow it down, there's the BMX park and there's a parking lot there. The boat launch is right there. Um, so Carrywood Drive, 56th Street, right at the bottom there. We look forward to seeing you there shortly where we see two people complete, at least two people complete their step of obedience this morning in following Jesus because he's at work and real. Thanks for being here this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. I'll see you at the river. Blessings, friends.